Welcome to episode 46 of Sharing Life Lessons. This is season 5. We are one soul, one spirit, and together we are creating a library of stories. I am your host, Hamida, and I want to bring you stories because stories inspire, stories teach, and stories heal. Listeners, I am so excited about today's episode because we are going to talk about the role of intuition in our lives. And this is a topic that I can go on about for hours. I personally am on a mission these days where I am working on trying to tune into my intuition more and more every day. I know it is always there to guide me, but most of the time I cannot access it. And my goal is to practice tuning into it so much that it becomes second nature to me because I have come to realize that the decisions that I take based on the guidance of my intuition, have always turned out to be spot on. We have a wonderful guest for today, and I assure you that what she is going to tell you is going to feed your spirit and your soul, and I want you to be ready for it. Let me introduce our guest to you. She is a licensed professional counselor and spiritual coach who combines her background and training in psychology and counseling with her intuitive gifts to help clients heal, grow, and realize their spiritual and full personal potential. She is the author of four self-help books for parents, children, and teenagers, also the host of Intuitive Connection podcast, and finally, the mother of two spirited children. Everyone, let's welcome Victoria Shaw. Victoria, welcome to Sharing Life Lessons. It is wonderful to have you as a guest on my show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Me too. It was a great, fun-filled discussion that we had pre-interview and hoping that we can maintain that throughout the interviews. Oh, I'm excited. Let's do it. Victoria, tell us something about yourself, please. So on the personal side, I am a 50 plus lady uh, who loves the sun, loves being outside, the mother of two kiddos, two fuzzy kiddos as well, two lovely dogs who I hope you won't hear in the background, but I can't make guarantees. So that's my personal life. Professionally, I'm an intuitive counselor and coach. So I combine my training and my background in psychology and counseling with my intuitive gifts. And I help people do all the same sorts of things that a counselor or a life coach would do, but I do it uh, through the lens of my intuition and my higher guidance. And even more importantly, I help connect my clients with their inner wisdom and their higher guidance because in my own journey, that was truly transformative and I want to spread the magic to others. That must be such a thankful job that you have right there. Yeah, I love it. I love what I do. I'm also a podcast host, as you know. So I have my own podcast, Intuitive Connection, where we talk about all sorts of topics, spirituality, intuition, how to leverage the power of your intuition. I have a lot of guests come on that are using their intuition in their life and in their work, and they they share their stories. And I also do readings on the podcast, which is a new thing I've been doing, which is really cool and really fun. And for the listeners, if you uh, love what you're hearing in this interview, then please go to my show notes and you'll find all the links there. Thank you. Sure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And Victoria, now please tell us your story. 
so my story was, I mean, <laughs> my story is really long, right? Because it started when I, I came out of the womb. But for me, the, the leg of the journey I want to focus on is the area where I really uh, learned to tap into and leverage the power of my own inner wisdom. So for me as a child, I was always highly intuitive. And you know what, before I even go further, I want to talk a little bit about what intuition is and what it means to me so that everybody is sort of on the same page. The way that I look at intuition is that it's that sense of knowing that we all have that you don't know it in your brain. You don't know how you know it. It's not logical. It's not rational. It's not something you learned in school, but it's that visceral sense of knowing that is always right. It's always right. And I have yet to meet a person on this planet who has not had an experience where they knew something, they didn't know how they knew it, and it turned out to be right. And usually when we have those experiences, we know, but we live in a society that focuses on the mind. And that was my story. My, my family, everything that I learned was about being smart. It was about being intellectual. It wasn't about being intuitive or sensitive or sixth sensory. And so most people shut it down because the world doesn't teach us how to work with it. Mm -hmm. Most kids, as I was, are highly intuitive. So they come with this natural gift to connect with their intuition. And just so you know, the way I understand intuition is from a spiritual perspective. I like to think of the fact that we're all essentially spiritual beings, souls having a human experience, and your intuition is that connection back to your soul. So it's all your soul's wisdom that you forget when you come into a body, but trickles down back to you when you need it in the form of your intuition. And kids come out of the box super intuitive. Every child is because that's your natural state. But over the course of living in human bodies and living our human lives and being parented and going to school and having friends and all of that good stuff, we start to lose it and we start to disconnect from it. There are also some kids, and I was like this, that are really intuitive. So everyone has it, but some of us get a lot of information and sometimes that's helpful and sometimes that's not. For me, I was a child looking back who I think was picking up everything. So mm. sort of like a radio turned to every channel at once. And so even though I had this intuition and even though as a child, I remember people saying things to me like, wow, that's really wise or insightful for a seven-year-old. A lot of the time I wasn't able to really tap into the good stuff because I was just overwhelmed by the everything. Mm. So a big part of my journey was a learning to recognize where my intuition had been happening, was happening for me now and how it had been working for me all along. And then also sort of learning to turn down the volume and focus in on just the little pieces of my inner wisdom that were really going to serve me. That sounds yeah. difficult, Victoria. You have to tell us how you learned to do that. You know, I had teachers, I had mentors, so that really helped as well. But then a lot of it was self-taught because the cool thing about intuition is when we start to listen to it, it will guide us. And so my, I trust my intuition first and foremost. I am someone who has quite a few letters after my name. I have, in fact, three advanced degrees, two masters and a doctorate. Okay. So I am- Okay. First of all, let me tell you, I'm super impressed. Okay, thank you. But I say this not to be like braggy, but to say that like I walked the talk of the intellectual way of life for a really long time. And, you know, you get a PhD. I'm a geek. I love ideas. I love learning. I love all of that. I still love every bit of continuing education I do. I read about the brain for fun. Mm -hmm. And I'll probably never stop doing that. But what I've learned is that 
My intellect works best when it's in service to my intuition and not the other way around. And we live in a society that you have to know, you have to understand. It has to come from a book. It has to be science. And I have nothing against science and I have nothing against learning. Like I said, I have a PhD in research psychology. I've published scientific papers, but I realized that the real gold in everything that I've done throughout my life and the real moments where I made an impact in other people's lives and the real moments when I had breakthrough ideas where I was, where people said, wow, that's amazing hundred percent, my inner wisdom, hundred percent, that intuitive connection. And so I've just, the biggest part of my journey is learning to trust it, learning to follow it. And when you do that, it will show you the steps you need to take to just keep on that journey. Victoria, you spoke about how children come into this world with intuition, but then they lose it. And either they lose it because they are taught otherwise, or they lose it only because they are not practicing it. I think it's a little bit of both. And I think this is changing now, which is so cool because I work with a big part of my practices is children and families. And more and more now I see kids that their parents, they understand intuition and they use language around intuition with their kids and they model intuition for their children. And so more and more, I see these kids that are really open to it and using it and are not shutting it down, which is beautiful. But my experience and the experience, I think, of my generation and most kids up until very recently, my own kids' generation as well, is about, you know, there isn't a lot of conversation about intuition. There isn't a lot of valuing of intuition. And there's also a lot of teaching that it's not okay to listen to your intuition. Mm. And so kids will get that message early on sometimes where they'll know something and they'll know it intuitively and they're young and they're spontaneous and they'll share that with an, a caregiver and the caregiver will say something like, well, how do you know that? You don't know that. You can't know that. Or the experience I have other kids will sometimes have too, especially those kids that are very intuitive feelers, right? So some people have this ability to feel what other people are feeling like it's happening to them. The, the common word for that is empath, mm-hmm. uh, intuitive empath. And so these kids will feel maybe the caregiver is having, their parent is having a rough day and maybe the parent is smiling and doesn't really want to acknowledge it. And the child immediately recognizes intuitively like, oh my God, mommy's upset. And they go to mom and they say, oh mommy, oh my God, what's wrong? And mom says nothing, (laughs) right? These are the kind of experiences that teach us that it's not safe to tap into our inner wisdom. I'm so glad you said that because my 17-year-old can see right through me, (laughs) right right through me. Anytime I am not feeling okay, he just comes out of the blue and says, mommy, you're not feeling okay. What's happening? And you're right. I am smiling. I am just going about my business, but I'm not okay. And he senses it. Yeah. He's, he's remarkable. And he can read you like a book. I see that. (laughs) (laughs) But to tell the parents out there who actually are not modeling intuition and not talking about it, if you can give them some language. Absolutely. So first of all, it's important that you get comfortable with the idea of intuition and unpack any kind of teachings that you've had that it's not safe and it's not okay because you will model those for your kiddos. And then we like to talk about things like vibes, that gut feeling, you know, listen to your children too, because they may have verbiage. They might say like, I have this feeling or this voice in my head is telling me to do this. I mean, if it's telling them to do something destructive, that's a different issue. But sometimes intuition is a clear, calm voice in their head. And they'll say, my, my voice in my head is telling me this is a good idea. Explore that with them. 
ask questions, be open, don't immediately shut it down. And again, I like words like your vibes or your feelings, your gut feelings. Sometimes intuition comes in forms of body sensations. So you'll feel like a little bit off or a little bit icky or a little bit uncomfortable when something doesn't feel right. And kids will often use that kind of language, right? My stomach hurts. I don't feel okay. Something's wrong. Something's off. So always explore that with them. And beyond the, you don't have a fever, Sometimes it's anxiety, but sometimes it's intuition. Sometimes they're getting a vibe. And so just asking a lot of open-ended questions and not rushing into judge or discount, they'll tell you. And Mm. it's good to listen to your kids that way for a variety of reasons. And then modeling too. If you have a feeling like I should take a certain road to get home from school today and you go another, you don't listen to that and you're stuck in traffic, say, oh man, my little wise voice told me I should have gone the other way and I didn't. I'll listen to that next time, right? Because these are the ways that we can model our intuition for our kiddos. That sounds like good tips for parents to use with yeah. their children. Sometimes when yeah. they come come to you with a question and you yes. want to teach them how to be decision makers for themselves, which is very important, you can just write out, ask them, what's your intuition telling you? Yeah. And help them to feel into that. And the question that I get a lot in my teaching, in my work, in my pretty much everything is, how do you know the difference between your intuition and your mind? Oh, someone stole my question. I was going to ask you that question. There's so much monkey chatter and then there's intuition. How do you tell the difference? Absolutely. It's such a good question. And part of it is trust and part of it is learning. And intuition is like a muscle. And the more you work it, the stronger it gets. But also there's that, I don't know how to explain this, but like sometimes kinesthetically, right? If we're used to doing something a certain way using our mind, sometimes we have to kind of slow down, tune in, and then you're going to feel like those muscles in a different way. I don't know if that was the best example, but that's how it came through. So The more you use it, the more it will grow, but also the more you use it, the more you'll get a sense of how it feels and when it feels right and when it's going to flow and when it's not going to flow. But I'll give you a couple of tips when things are probably not your intuition or at least when you want to be questioning. If you have a strong attachment to how you want something to go or a strong idea of how things should be. Mm -hmm. That is probably not your intuition because that's usually how your mind works. Your mind has a very good idea of how things should be, what you've been taught. And so if you have a very strong feeling based on what you think you know is true, I would at least question that. Intuition is often very surprising and sometimes it aligns with our beliefs, but oftentimes it does not. If the voice or the message is really revved up with a lot of emotion, with a lot of this has to be right or else kind of charge, it's also probably not your intuition because the mind, the emotions, that's where all your humanness lies. But your spirit is actually emotionally neutral. Your spirit doesn't judge. Mm -hmm. It's very calm, clear, and direct. So for most of us, the voice of our intuition is very calm very clear and very direct. And even if it's giving you information that might not be what you want to hear, it usually delivers that information in a clear, calm manner. I have heard people say that, and tell me what your perspective on this is. Some of them say that most of their intuition don't always come from within, but they come as signs. They come as songs, they come as lyrics, they come as poster boards. Talk to us about that. 
That is like a great question. And I've done so many of these interviews and no one has ever asked the question that way. So thank you. I love that question. You're welcome. And yes, we are all connected. Everything is connected. And so the fastest way to explain that is that your intuition doesn't just come into your brain. It can come into your world and your life can give you a lot of information. And so, yes, signs in the environment are amazing ways to tap into your intuition and ask a question and ask for a sign. And nine out of 10 times that will come for you. And sometimes we don't even ask for a sign. Sometimes we just notice something and our, our attention's really drawn to things. And if we learn to work with those things, you know, our guidance will start to have like almost a language or a code where will speak to us through signs. My office is in, well, right now I'm in, I'm in Florida, but when I'm in Connecticut, my office is out of my home and it's in a very natural setting and I see animal friends all the time. So I see deer wander into my yard and hawks and foxes and squirrels and hummingbirds. And I always take note of those for my clients when I'm working with somebody and I see one of those signs for them. We always stop. We pause. I ask them to feel into that because nine out of 10 times it's information for me and it's information for them. And I've had amazing things happen. I had a client earlier in the year that lost her mother to COVID. And mm. in the session, when we were discussing it, a mother and baby deer wandered into my yard and stayed there the whole time. Oh, can you imagine? Yeah. And it was so meaningful and powerful for her and healing for her. Sure. So I always pay attention to those things in my own life. I always pay attention to those things from my client and magical things have happened that way. And maybe because you believe in it and you're open to it, which is why they keep showing up, you have to be open to it and know that this is for you. It. Look, intuition is always working, whether you're paying attention or not, it's always there. Our higher self, spirit guides, however you want to think about it, the universe is always working for you. It's always trying to get your attention. But yes, most of us have our hands over our eyes and we know we're just, we're not looking for it. Or if we do see it, we have so much conditioning that tells us it's impossible that we're like, nah, it can't be that. Mm. But once you open your eyes and you start to listen, then everything shifts and changes and you realize it's happening all the time, all the time. And you start to hear it more and more and more and more. And that's when life gets really awesome. Victoria, tell us about how did you know you wanted to become an intuitive or intuition coach? So for me, my training and background is in research psychology, like I said before, and my whole life, I have been fascinated by the brain, by the mind, by those big philosophical questions, like what is consciousness? And that led me to get my, I was a philosophy psychology major as an undergrad. I was a cognitive psychology and that's where I got my PhD. I did also research in developmental psychology and educational psychology, studied reasoning, memory, all these amazing things. But what I realized towards the end of my journey was that those big philosophical questions were not getting answered for me mm. from the scientific paradigm. And it's not that I, I love science, but for me, it was just so reductionistic that I didn't even, you couldn't even ask the big questions. And I kind of lost my passion. And so I took some time off to raise my family. I had, was recently married and that kind of made sense. And my second child had some learning issues that we had to attend to. And I did some, I wrote some books and did some other kind of things during that time. But you know, the passion didn't go away. And I kept 
having the sense there was something I was supposed to be doing beyond being a mom, which has been one of the most amazing jobs that I've done and such a great catalyst for my learning and growth. And that could be my life story too. Mm-hmm. And, and that parenting journey was a big catalyst for my, for the work that I do today. But I just kept feeling like there was something more and I kept ignoring it. And the good news was that in working with my kids, I had fallen into working with a pediatrician who was alternative and very out of the box. And he kept sending me to all these strange people like energy healers and medical intuitives. And even acupuncture was a little out of the box for me when I got started with all of this. Mm -hmm. And so he started to open up the possibility that this stuff existed. And then these people that I would work with kept saying, you're so intuitive. You're so intuitive. Like, what are you going to do with this? Mm. And I think finally I got the memo. And I started taking classes and working with people and really working on developing my intuition. And when I set that intention, because intention is so powerful and so important, that was the shift. I set that intention to awaken my intuition, to do this work. And then all the people that I needed, all the opportunities just fell into place. And it was my intuition that guided me to go back to school and get my master's of counseling so that I would have that sort of clinical background too, which I think is so important to what I do. And the rest is history. Maybe this is the best segue to life lessons and what you've learned throughout not only your academic side, but also parenting and also being a coach. I'm, I'm guessing life lesson number one is intention. Yeah, absolutely. When we set those intentions, and again, intention can mean a lot of different things. But for me, again, it's intuitively guided. It's when you feel something deep inside of you, and you know, that's what you're supposed to do. And rather than ignore it, you align with it. That's what setting an intention is for me. And I tell people, because people ask me all the time, like, how do I develop my intuition? And I have, I'm not doing it anymore, but I did a book group for years, for example. And we would read books about intuition and spirituality. And I will tell you time and time again, I would watch the people in this group and I would watch them throughout the course of the group without doing anything else other than just reading some books on spirituality and intuition, their intuition would blossom. Right, because they were thinking about it, because they were opening up to it, because they were aligning with it, and it would happen. It happens with my clients too. I I sometimes will do direct instruction and tell people, hey, you know, that was your intuition right there. But a lot of times I don't have to, because just making this a possibility, just working with someone like me, just listening to a podcast about intuition, all of these things, right? We're aligning with our, our true spiritual nature, and it will happen naturally and normally. Great. So tell us some more life lessons that you learned. Yes. I think the second biggest life lesson for me through all of this was for me, the biggest step, and we talked about this a little bit before we um, went live, the biggest important step to awakening my intuition. And the reason I became a counselor and got that training as well was working on myself and sort of clearing out all that psychic and emotional gunk. And I did not have in my brain the ideal childhood. I know my parents did their very best, but there was a lot of baggage and there was a lot of stuff that I carried through into adulthood. And fortunately, my journey as a parent made that very clear to me because as this happens to many parents and many of the parents I work with, when we start to become a parent, oftentimes our inner child gets triggered. 
And so you will watch your child having their experiences and you will remember all of the things that did not go perfectly well in your own childhood. And that was the experience for me. Mm. And so a big part of my growth was doing that healing work and getting in touch with that inner child and clearing the channel so that my intuition could shine through more brightly, more clearly. And I continue to do that work as needed, but that was a big piece. And that can be going to a life coach. That can be doing any kind of energy healing. That can be working with a traditional or a not so traditional counselor. But when we get in touch with like that inner landscape, our own pain points, our own triggers, the things that you know are still a little bit ouchy for us. And we start to make that intention to release some of those, or at least to become aware so that we can operate from a a higher level of awareness. And rather than just replaying the pain stories over and over again, that's just another way when we align more with our our highest, uh, truest spiritual essence and that intuition just blossoms. So that was a big part for me. Also, life gets easier, happier, more joyful because you're not being weighted down all the time by all those ouchy pain points. Victoria, you spoke about healing yourself by going out to counselors, by going out to healers, by going out and doing stuff externally. What is it that you can do internally as well to heal? Tune into yourself, learn to be present, cultivate mindfulness, cultivate that present moment awareness. Being really kind to yourself is important. Sometimes we find these parts of ourselves that we're not super comfortable with and we judge them, right? Mm -hmm. Or we judge ourselves. We judge the experience. It's okay. Sometimes judging others is, or being angry or having those feelings is part of the healing process. So I never want you to ever shut anything down. It's all good, but it's just, I want to get this from the guides. It's just about becoming more present and more aware. So anything that you can do to cultivate that awareness and loving awareness. So it's not judging yourself. It's not telling yourself a story about yourself. Sometimes people go to therapy and they get this idea that, oh yeah, I'm the person that had that trauma when I was three and that's who I am now. No, mm. right? that's part of your history. It's part of your story, but don't get stuck there, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's not your identity. I have a little sign in my office in Connecticut as a little reminder, and it says, don't let yesterday take up too much of today. I think it's so important to be in the present. And yes, sometimes we heal those hurts from the past because they're showing up now, but we don't want to over-identify with them. Okay. 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 But I think awareness and being kind to yourself are probably the, the biggest the biggest healing things that you can do. And some people really do need support. And I wouldn't be afraid of getting help when you need it. The way that I look at the work that I do, and I think any good healer or helper should look at it this way, is I hold the space to connect you with your own wisdom and guidance. I hold the space to help you activate your own inner healer. And I know stuff because like I said, I have degrees and I I will use them as needed. But the biggest thing that any healer or helper does is help you connect with your own inner resources. We just hold the space for that. But sometimes it's really nice to have that help. Yeah. And it's not only about healing. Some people may have already healed themselves, but they may need that additional support to then take it to the next level. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And healing can mean lots of different things too. And trauma in particular, and not everyone has some degree of trauma in life. I've yet to meet someone that doesn't have what we call like little T traumas, just little things, 
little experiences where the world did not reflect back to us our own inner magnificence in the way that our soul desired. But, you know, the thing about trauma, it will keep coming up for you. And sometimes we can totally release those triggers and that's a beautiful thing. And sometimes we can't, but it's about continuing to work with what life is bringing us, loving ourselves through it. And then of course, learning to make different choices. And I think that's what you were getting at before and mm-hmm. learning to, to move forward. Victoria, those were some very profound life lessons. Any last message that you would like to give to the listeners? Anything that I've not asked you? This is the time. Just feel free to say whatever comes to mind. Absolutely. What comes through to share is this. For everybody listening today to know you have all the resources, you have everything that you need inside of you to live the life of your dreams. Seriously. And we're moving into a time in history, I believe now, where more and more people are going to start tapping into their intuition. They're going to start looking outside of the box. (laughs) They're going to start listening to their own wisdom rather than deferring to what everybody else says. And, oh, I just thought of a number three life lesson, but I guess we're too late. (laughs) No, we're not. Please go ahead and tell us what your third life lesson is. The third life lesson is around authenticity. And I love that. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Cool. Because I'm thinking about this. A big part of intuition is, is learning to listen to your own inner guidance. And in life, we're often taught these shoulds, you should do this, you should do that. This is good. This is bad. And none of that can give you the key or the blueprint to what will bring peace, joy, and fulfillment to your soul, mm-hmm. right? Because we're all unique. Mm-hmm. And so for me, authenticity really means you're living in alignment with your soul and you're listening more and more to what brings me joy in this moment. What feels meaningful to me in this moment? What feels right to me in this moment? It ain't selfish. It's simply learning to listen to that deeper wisdom and that deeper call. And then again, when we follow that and we give ourselves permission to be ourselves, that is in fact the greatest gift that you can give to the world. That is such a nice final message, Victoria. Thank you so much. I loved listening to all of this. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for taking out the time and sharing your wisdom on intuition and uh, for the listeners Please go to the show notes and reach out to Victoria if you have any questions about what she just spoke about. But again, I want to thank you. Thank you. This was so much fun. Listeners, I hope you enjoyed listening to Victoria as much as I did. And before I list my key takeaways, I want to reiterate how Victoria defined intuition. She said, intuition is that sense of knowing that we all have that you don't know it in your brain, you don't know how you know it, it's not logical, it's not rational, it's not something you learned in school, but it is that visceral sense of knowing that is always right. It is always right. Your intuition is your connection back to your soul. Mm. I can feel that. I think this definition should be going down in some dictionary of the soul or some spiritual dictionary because I could not have said that better. And now here are my key takeaways from this discussion with Victoria. One, don't let yesterday take up too much of today. Two, tune into yourself. Learn to be present. Cultivate mindfulness Cultivate that present moment awareness. 
because our intellect will serve us best when it is in service to our intuition and not the other way around. Three, sometimes we find these parts of ourselves that we are not super comfortable with and we judge them. Being really kind to ourselves is very important. And lastly, I really like what Victoria said about how to recognize the voice of our intuition. She said that your spirit is actually emotionally neutral. Your spirit doesn't judge. It's very calm, clear, and direct. So for most of us, the voice of our intuition is very calm, very clear, and very direct. And even if it is giving us information that might not be what we want to hear, it usually delivers that information in a clear and calm manner. This brings us to the end of this episode. I will bring you another episode of Sharing Life Lessons next Wednesday. Until then, be happy, be safe, and be well.